just over coffee, I just had a sense to share one or two stories about um, how I have developed this abiding relationship as well. I can remember, <coughs> and this very much applies to uh, those of you still at work, um, <coughs> I was very busy and I decided that every hour and a half I would stop and I would listen to Holy Spirit, we'd have a chat together. And one day it was, <laughs> I'm really busy, I don't have time for this. And Father said to me, do you not think if we spend five minutes together now, I am not able to progress your work? And I thought, oh, crumbs, I've been <laughs> a little rebuke here. And <clears throat> Susanna Wesley, I mean, she used to sit in the kitchen with her apron over her head and her, all her how many hundreds of children she had knew that she was praying. I mean, what a quipping for John and Charles. Um, and <coughs> so, yeah, there was something came up on Facebook that somebody said, if you hear me talking to myself, um, <coughs> I'm only talking to my team and we're having a meeting. And I reposted it on my Facebook page and I said, if you hear me talking, I'm having a conversation with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because we can. We can develop a walking, talking relationship. And I want to say, as individually, we develop this lifestyle of walking, talking, and intimacy, it will affect the church because we are a microcosm of the whole. And as we go deeper in this intimate, I hated that word for a bit, it got so banded around. And I thought, oh, come on, we really need to know what this is properly about. You know, <laughs> it seemed to be the in word for a bit. But intimacy, you know, a deep relationship where we chat and we talk and um, we develop relationship together. And so, I mean, I know that, um, yeah, it's a, I, yeah, I'll tell you a story about a CEO I coach. And I, I get my clients, because they're believers, to start the day with listening. What's Father got to say to you today? It's a very good principle for all of us. What's Father got to say to me today? And so she listened, got a whole bunch of stuff, and I had a coaching session with her at four in the afternoon. And uh, I said, oh, how's it going, Debbie? And she I knew you'd ask me this. She said, if I, because she had got into the habit of looking at what Holy Spirit had said to her at lunchtime. And she said, if I had looked at lunchtime, it would have saved me a whole lot of work this afternoon. He knows. And we can have this very intimate relationship. You know, I remember when Peter passed away, stepped into glory, sorry, he didn't pass away, he stepped into glory. Um, and sometimes, very good at packing car, very good at packing the dishwasher. And so I can remember one day, I was, I thought I'd packed the dish dishwasher really well. And I looked up and said, now look, if you're listening, look at this. <laughs> uh, no, I don't talk to him. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> But yeah, I mean, 
let's develop this lifestyle of walking and talking. I, was, I, was, I saw something from Pete Gregg, 24-7 prayer, and he said, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to shock you. I don't believe in prayer. He said, I believe in talking to God. He said, I don't believe in the power of prayer. And I, could, I could sense people getting more and more. <laughs> yeah. He said, I believe in a powerful God. And he worked it out for me. And so I thought, that's right. I believe. Because people say to me, oh, do you pray a lot? And I think, I don't know. I don't know. But I walk. I talk a lot with them. Um, <coughs> so, yeah. Ways, my husband, Peter, used to, uh, when he was walking to the coffee machine, he would have a chat with God. You know, we all have, however busy we are, we all have a bit of time where we can develop that relationship. You know, standing at the supermarket checkout, what do we do? You know, think about the lunch, think about that thing I've got to do, think about this. Thing. Why not think about, why not have a chat with God? And the more, you know, when you're building a personal, physical relationship, you know, the more you talk, the more you get to know somebody. And he's never bored. He's never not listening. He's never fed up with me, which I'm very grateful for. So, and I was, I was um, talking with somebody yesterday afternoon. It was a prayer call, actually, yesterday afternoon before I came down. And he said, I have changed my lifestyle so I can give time. He said, one thing that we've done is <coughs> if there's washing hanging around in the evening, before we go to bed, we put it on so it's done overnight and then it's ready to hang up. He said, there are lifestyle things that you can get into that you do without thinking. It's a rhythm that you get into so that gives you more time. So they've just given me a new rhythm uh, because I'm not the best at housework. <laughs> it's not exciting enough. It's a repetitive thing, but it needs to be done. So they said, right, after the wake up to joy call at half past eight in the morning, we'll have breakfast, we'll have communion. That's another thing of deepening your relationship. We have communion at breakfast, which is very deep. And um, they said, no, you know, then do your jobs. Half past 10, we'll sit down with a cappuccino and we'll spend time together. I thought, well, that's good because I don't want to miss that one out. So we now, jobs are getting done because they built my rhythm of life and I know it's built around quality time with them. So, and I know being at work is a lot more challenging but there are times that we can actually allocate. Had a friend who was working for PwC, she was a team leader, and she, her team said to her after, what do you do every so often? Because <laughs> she sits there with her eyes closed, and she no one was having a conversation with God. But she built that regularly into her day. Um, and so it's this pray continuously, Pray, if you take Pete Gregg's thing, is talking to God. So talk regularly with him, and then you actually don't feel guilty you're not praying. Because how many Christians feel guilty that they're not praying enough? <clears throat> so most of us, probably at one point or another, think, oh, I don't pray enough. 
Well, keep, just keep talking. Pray continuously. Talk continually to them. And you're developing a lifestyle of prayer, actually. And as we talk and as we walk with them, um, we are being equipped for fruitfulness. And I'll tell you more stories later. So <clears throat> our second session is equipped by the word. What did I do with my notes? Oh, yeah, down here. I want to say that I want to see the whole discipling thing changed. To equip people in an intimate relationship with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit rather than equipping to have a relationship with the Word. Because so we say, oh, well, read your Bible. Well, we build it, you know, we'll be discipling them in having a relationship with the Word rather than the author of the Word. So that's just Caroline. We'll take it or leave it. <laughs> so <coughs> let's go to our key scripture again. And um, verses 10 if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 15, but I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And I think that was really, as I was thinking about it, I thought that's really interesting because Jesus only did what he heard his Father tell him to do. So in my slightly wild imagination, you know, I imagined him standing, I mean, what do you do? 5,000 people who need a meal. And then Father would say, look, there's a boy down there. Five loaves, two fishes. See, Father knows. And, you know, we know the rest of the story. But, and like the Cana of, uh, the, the wine at the wedding at Cana, you know, I can imagine him sort of having a chat with Father. And then Father says, now is the time. And so, <coughs> um, <coughs> yes, yeah, so when it says here, uh, but I have called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father, I have made known to you. And I suddenly got further revelation about as we are entwined with Jesus, we can easily hear what father's saying. And it would be the brilliant role model, isn't it, of Jesus? Because he, he went around for three years on listening to his father. And then they'd go off into the hills and they'd have a time together. And then, I mean, look at the fruitfulness of his life. I mean, extraordinary. <laughs> Dead, raised, lepers cleansed, people saved. Um, just extraordinary. And... <coughs> Now, I wasn't going to say this, but I will. Peter and I always used to read the word together. We used to worship together, and we used to read the word together. And <coughs> it was the morning after he stepped into glory. I thought, what on earth do I do now? What do I do? You know. Um, and I thought, you do what you've always done. And I picked up my Bible. And I thought, I've got nobody to walk me through the word. Peter would love biblical history. I mean, 
he would explain to you how the tassels on the priest's scarves was relevant to everyday life, where I was saying, excuse me, dear, I'm changing nappies today, so I need, <laughs> I need something a bit more relevant than tassels on the priest's scarves. <coughs> and I thought, I've got nobody to walk with me through the word. And you know, Holy Spirit, or Father, somebody, one of them, um, leapt, said to me, it was Jesus, I am now the one who walks you through the word. Extraordinary. It took me nine months to get through Matthew with him. And I would ask him very blunt questions. We have a very blunt relationship together. And I would ask him very blunt questions. And I was thinking about when he, you know, all the crowd came and demons were yelling and people wanted healing. I said, how on earth did you cope with that? He said, I just gathered them all up in my arms of love. And I can remember being on a ministry team in a conference and all these people came forward. And I was thinking, oh, crumbs, we're going to be here hours. And I suddenly remembered Jesus gathered them all up in his love. And so he walked me through the word. And we started to read uh, Matthew in the first person. So instead of Jesus said, it was I said, so and so and so and so. That makes the word come even more alive when you read it like that. And then I, I woke up about four months ago and I felt, <coughs> I said, I don't know I'm even a disciple of Jesus. I mean, that was going through my mind. And I thought, where's this come from? What is this? And as I pondered, I thought, yeah, but how much of what Jesus did do I do? actually do in real life so I then said to Jesus will you disciple me that has been the most powerful thing it really has he said right we're going to start reading in the gospel you know my life in the gospels and I'm going to tell you things as we go through ask Jesus to disciple you the fruit that comes from that is will be totally amazing so, let me get back on track. All scripture is given by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Ouch. We don't like that much, do we? For training in righteousness. Oh, yes, I'll be trained in righteousness. So that the man or woman of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work every good work, not just some, not just when you're out on the streets praying for sick, but when you're cleaning your teeth, when you're talking to your wife, when you're talking to your grandchildren, when you're teaching at school, when you're leading a staff meeting at work or something. So, <coughs> equipped. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for equipping us for every good work. Um, <clears throat> let's look at some more scriptures. 2 Timothy 3.16. We've looked at that one. Whoops. Um, oh, I didn't know I'd written that one down. Well, I, ha I have to go move on. I'll talk in a minute. Colossians 3.16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, 
singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness to God in our heart, in our hearts to God. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, very richly. Because it does, the word of God enriches us. You know, if you're a bread maker and you, you add an egg, you are enriching the dough. You're making it more tasty. So let the word of God dwell in us richly. The Bible, as I've already alluded, has every principle for living that we need. Think about it. Has every principle for living that we need. It has every principle to be fruitful. It, you know, it may not have the exact scenario, but it will have the general principles guiding it. Isn't that good? So, we're never alone. And this one, um, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 13. Oh, yeah. I've obviously added scriptures before I can... Uh, did, uh, <laughs> anyway. <coughs> so let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, because this is... Love is the basis of all fruitfulness. God is love through and through and through and through. He doesn't know how to be anything else but love. So if I speak with human eloquence, this is the message, and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking old rusty gate. (laughs) If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that's um, to move mountains, jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burnt as a martyr, but I don't love, I have gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So I took the liberty of slightly rewriting this. Though I'm well educated or I'm on the worship team, If I preach the word on Sunday with power, or if I move in signs, wonders, and miracles, but have not love, I am nothing. Nothing is not fruitfulness. Even though I tithe and live sacrificially in the kingdom, but don't have love, I've gotten nowhere. Love is the basis of fruitfulness. And as we grow in intimate relationship with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and as they love on us, as they love us entirely and completely, that begins to affect us. And out of their love, we can love, and we love. I want to say that heart encounter with the word brings fruitfulness not just intellectual study. Actually, study in the Bible is only mentioned three times. Meditation is mentioned many times. 
Yeah, I do. As I'm meditating, I like to go back into the Greek and Hebrew and see what the words are saying and that sort of thing. So, but that is enriching my meditation. <coughs> Heart encounter with the word brings fruitfulness. Heart encounter comes through a lifestyle of abiding. Soaking in the word brings fruitfulness. And so listen to the thoughts by David uh, and God to Joshua. Psalm 1. <clears throat> Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Come on. Whose leaf does not wither and whatever he does prospers. I want to be that person that whatever I do prospers. One thing that really attracted me to Peter... Uh, we were both in uh, St. Paul's Onslow Square in London, and uh, that's where we met. <laughs> um, he would have, anybody remember Navigators? He would have scriptures in his pocket, and he'd be standing on the tube at South Ken in the morning, and he would be looking at the scriptures. And that made him uh, really fruitful. The word of God was paramount. That wasn't the only reason I married him, I have to say. <laughs> we did have a very deep, intimate relationship. And we had a joint one with, if I can say this, we both enjoyed deep, intimate relationships with Father Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And I was so fortunate to have a husband who we walked in step together. Um, that, was, that was really, really amazing. So what about old God to Joshua? Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Fruitful. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isn't that good? So these were God's, this was David writing a song. And his delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that Christ Church is built on your word, revelation of your word. But Father, I ask that the paramount relationship will be with you and not with the word. And so I want to say thank you for the relevance of the word in the next coming season. And as you build on the rhema word, um, 
and the Logos word, the Bible, my Bible's fallen to pieces down there. Uh, you know, the Logos word. And as you dwell and meditate on the rhema word to you, um, perhaps a scripture that stands out to you, or perhaps a prophetic word that's been given to the church or to yourself, I want to declare that you will be fruitful. There's new fruit coming from the word for Christ church in this next season. So meditation, let me just talk about that for a moment. It's like chewing the cud. A cow, a cow chews the cud. It has seven stomachs. <laughs> and actually grass must be quite strong because it has to be spewed from one stomach to the other to be digested. But would get all the fullness of the vitamins and everything else out of the grass that enables the cow to be fruitful, to produce milk. <laughs> and as we chew on the word, as we dwell on the word, as we meditate on it, you know, just take one verse for a week and chew on it, meditate on it. Ask Holy Spirit, how, why, what, when? He's really good at answering those questions. And so you go deeper into it, and it, it produces life. It produces the vitality of God in you that it will equip you to bear fruit. And <clears throat> so actually, Peter and I used to read five chapters of the Word a day together. Sometimes in the morning I was half asleep. But it did build something in me. And um, I can remember we needed to persevere with some stuff. And so we got into 1 Peter where there was a whole thing about perseverance and this, that, and the other. And we meditated on it for, I think, 18 months. Then somebody came up to us and they said, if everything dropped around you, you two would keep going, wouldn't you? Fruit of the word, of meditating on the word. Yeah. And what I like is that as we chew on the word and we ask Holy Spirit questions, he has all the answers. And as we chew on the word, it builds our character which is all part of fruitfulness. And it will help us to recall what we've meditated on, and this equips us for life and godliness and every good work. So the word is really, really important. And just to meditate on it, to chew it, to break it down, and to let God dwell in you richly through his word. Some of you might be saying, oh, but I don't have time. Now, some people have said this to me many times, but Caroline, you have time for everything you want to do. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to give us all, and I'm participating in this as well, to give us greater desire for the word. And where it has, I think I have been a, a Christian since I was nine. 
and we can get familiar with the word, we can hear it, we can... So I have to confess, and I know a lot of people don't like it, but I've started reading the Passion Translation because it really is coming home to me and it's presenting the word in a new way. What about the message that I read earlier about... If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. Well, that comes alive to me. I don't have a creaking, rusty gate. I don't want to be that in my life. And we can get familiar with the word. We can have heard the Lord's Prayer a hundred million times. We can hear all the right um, scriptures a million times. And, you know, one of my favorite, other favorite scriptures is where Jesus said, I have come that you might have life, life in all its fullness. And we can get very familiar with that. But Father, I ask, Holy Spirit, come right now and activate, reactivate a passion for your word in us. Reignite our spirits in... Um, to do with the word, to, re to be reading the word, to dwell in the word, to meditate on the word. And Father, we ask your forgiveness for where scripture has become familiar. And we don't really, we, we trod it out of our lips, but the actual heart encounter with that word is not there. And so I ask you to come, Holy Spirit, and re-energize the word in each of us. You know, those who preach and teach, it's very easy for it just to become familiar. Your home group leader, the word becomes familiar. So I want to say thank you for sparks of green shoots as everybody in this room reads the word. And I want to say thank you for stories and testimonies that will come out as, <coughs> as they are meditating on the word and they're re-energized. And I see some of you running to the front to share what the Holy Spirit has shown you in the Word during the week and how it's energized you and how it's equipped you and how it's built you up. I just had a picture. My sister and uh, brother-in-law were working in southern Sudan, and they used to go to the cathedral in Ye uh, on the Sunday, and they said, you'd be amazed. The offering comes, and everybody's running to the front to bring their money. Well, I see people here running to the front to share the testimony out of the word of how they've been fruitful and how they've been equipped through the word. And so if you take up your little leaflets again, press and choose, go to the little ear. What is Holy Spirit saying to you? And then what is your takeaway from this session? All very important. Where there is a fraction of his blood. Thank God again for this second session.
come, Lord, to the word that you have heard. How have you been challenged by the word of God? Quite often we just want the word that we all agree with. But it's important. We read that scripture in Second Timothy chapter 3 where it says the word is also for reproof, for correction. It says something the Lord is trying to correct the way we respond to the word. How, what hunger for the word do you have? When there is Bible study, how do you dig into it? Do you welcome it? Do you say, well, praise God. I want to learn this. Do you look forward to a Bible conversation? Or is it something you feel, oh, I already know that? Sometimes believers approach the study of the word of God with arrogance. Because we think we've heard it before. Come on, people of God. God is calling us. Go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. And so can we begin to ask God now? You know, the scripture says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. How hungry, how passionate, how desirous are we for the word of God? second session is about being equipped by the word of God, through the word of God. Because that's where all the tools are. There's nothing that is not in the word of God. How do we discover it? Oh yes. <laughs> you can think about when you're looking for your phone, but your phone is in your hand. <laughs> I'm looking for my phone. Are you looking for your keys? Where's my keys? Oh, Lord, give us, Lord, that hunger, Father. Give us that desire for your word. Lord, whenever the word is released, may we begin, O Lord Almighty, to dive for it, Lord. Give us, Father, Lord Almighty. Yes. It's that fertilizer that helps us, Lord, to be fruitful. Because if we have a farm and we don't, Lord, fertilize it from time to time, it gets itself overused and that land doesn't become fruitful anymore. And so, Lord, you're teaching us, reminding us that we need to fertilize the field of our lives as individuals, as a church. Yes, Lord pray this moment. Help us, Father. Our daily walk with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that we can always listen to you, talk with you. When we take our walk in the fields, Lord, when we ride our bikes, when we are in the bus, Lord, help us, Father, to really communicate with you, study your word. There are many apps on our phones. But we need the apps of the word of God. And even when we have it, sometimes we don't open them. Lord, help us now to be more and more committed 
to listening, to studying, to reading your word. Meditation and the expression of you know, cattle chewing on the cob. Taking time. Reflecting. Turning it over and over and over. I tell people, if you read a verse of scripture ten times prayerfully, God will tell you something those ten times. Something fresh. Because you're asking God, God, speak to me from this verse. Where is our heart? Shall I stop to be explored? We pray, loving God, that this is going to be for us the lifestyle. It's going to be for us, Lord Almighty, something that is a regular experience. That, Lord, it's not just going to be something of ticking bucket list of what we've done in the day, the Lord God, that we will always seek to dig deep into your word, that we will always seek to hear what you have to say to us at every given time. We pray, loving God, that in looking into your word the father we are going to really dive in to the stream of living water which is your word like you open the eyes of Ezekiel and Lord Almighty you took him into that pool of water from ankle deep to the point where he was swimming. Lord, we pray we get so much into your word that, Lord, we begin to swim in it, that we enjoy it, O oh God, fully and wholly and totally. Thank you, Lord, for this session. And as, Lord, we take another break for lunch, we pray, God, that we will indeed feel refreshed again. And when we come back for our last session, Lord, we will indeed have had time to still reflect on what we've heard. Lord, let Christ Church be the center for your word. The place where people will say, let's go to hear the genuine word of God. Thank you, Lord Almighty, for hearing our prayer. And may your name be exalted as you continue to equip us for fruitfulness. Be exalted, ancient of days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.